enough with setting low standards and hitting those standards and being proud of yourself. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Bedros Coolian Show. What's the difference between me and you? Me and you? Me and you? Back when Q was rolling with Lorenzo and a Benzo, I was banging with a gang of instrumentals. All right, here's a true story for you guys. Back in 1996, so really dating myself here, going back 20 some odd years. Um, when I was a personal trainer at the LA Fitness in Fountain Valley. Now, you've also heard me say I was a personal trainer at the LA Fitness in La Habra. That's because I was a personal trainer at both of those. And for a while, I also worked at La Mirada, California, LA Fitness. But that's neither here nor there. Um, so there was this period of time where I was a personal trainer in Fountain Valley, California at the LA Fitness. That's where I met my dear friend, Michael Botticelli. And, uh, Botticelli is from Buffalo, New York. And I think within like 20 minutes of meeting him, when I started working there, he goes, hey, uh, we're in California right now. And it's uh, it's 12 noon. I was like, yeah. He goes, you know what time it is in Buffalo, New York? And I'm thinking, well, it's on the East Coast, you know. So I go, what, 9 a.m.? He goes, no, 1983. And uh, we hit it off. But uh, the true story here that I wanted to tell you guys was that not only did Michael Botticelli and I have an awesome time working at that LA Fitness, we also shared a love of lifting weights and taking in a lot of protein. And some of you may or may not know this, but there was a period of time that one of my businesses failed. While working as a personal trainer, I was also trying to launch a business and uh, my business failed and I used the last of my money that was supposed to go towards paying my rent in my one-bedroom apartment um, for this business, which still failed. And so I ended up living out of my Toyota pickup for a period of three or four months, which, whatever, if you live in Southern California and you have a gym membership, you're good. Great weather. You have access to a gym and showers and everything, right, for the locker room. And then because I also worked as a personal trainer at that gym, the lady this uh, sweet Korean lady who ran the juice bar was kind enough to hold my Diet Pepsis. I bought cans of Diet Pepsis and then I bought the store brand of canned tuna. It wasn't even like the albacore chunk tuna. It was like the probably fucking fins and tuna gizzard or fucking tuna guts. I don't know, but it was the cheapest can of tuna I could buy for like 27 cents a can. She held it behind her counter. And when I was in between clients, personal training clients, like I would train, one day I remember training 11 clients back to back. These were all 30 minute sessions. And like started early in the morning, went late into like 10 o'clock at night. But several times throughout the day, I would go to her juice bar and she would mix up in her big blender, she would mix up a can of Diet Pepsi, two cans of tuna, and a scoop of, of ice in the blender, and then she'd pour it in a big smoothie cup, and then I would drink it as I'm training my clients. And it was the fastest way that I could get like 50 grams of protein and a shot of caffeine to keep going for all under probably, I don't know, at the time, a can of Diet Coke would cost... I don't know, maybe 50 cents. 
and then those two cans of tuna. So for all for under a dollar or right about a dollar, I got 50 grams of protein of quality, like fish protein and Diet Coke, caffeine. And it was a mobile food <laughs> that I could drink, but I had the worst breath. And my clients were like, do you really have to drink that stuff? I'm like, yeah, it's like good for me. Well, good for me in terms of building muscle. I'm not sure if I should have been drinking all that Diet Coke. But uh, man, that was a fucking crazy different life I lived. And uh, when I lived that life, I would have given anyone who um, wanted to be successful the advice of not hanging out with me. Because even though I was trying to start businesses, I was really not serious about it, which is why I kept failing at businesses and found myself homeless for a period of time living out of my Toyota pickup and showering at the gym and uh, drinking Diet Coke and tuna blended, you know, two or three times a day. And this sweet lady, man, she was so nice to me. She would, once she would make my Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi and tuna combination, like that whole fucking juice bar area, front lobby of LA Fitness smelled for like a whole hour of just rancid tuna. But anyway, I don't know. I think she might've had the hots on me. So um, that's that. Anyways, having said that, this episode we're gonna talk about today is very important for you guys because at 48 years old and with a lot of life experience that I've had, I feel like I'm close to 100 years old in terms of life experience and I don't know, call it maturity, call it wisdom, call it what you want. I got eight things for you that will change your life for the better. And this was something that I shared on social media on uh, Instagram probably about two months ago. And people were like, holy crap, this is powerful, this is meaningful. So I thought, you know, we're on Instagram, I can't go too deep into the stuff I share. Here on this podcast, on the Bedroom Schooling Show, I can go really in depth on the eight things I'm about to share with you here. And what's cool about it is something that everyone kept bringing up on Instagram was like, well, I don't get it because, you know, seven contradicts number one. And so we'll unpack that in just a moment. So here it is, eight things that will change your life for the better. Thing number one, ditch your loser friends. When I say ditch your loser friends, I mean, if your friends are losers and there is no hope in them becoming better human beings. They have no desire to elevate their lives. They have no desire to connect to consciousness. They have no desire to have greater ambitions. You've tried to help them out. It is time to ditch them. And I'll give you an example of this. And so a friend of mine, he was a, uh, a pararescue jumper right? So what he would do, he worked, he was, uh, he was in the Air Force, he was in the special operations community in the Air Force. And his job was if a pilot was shot down in, in enemy waters, and his plane went down and this pilot's little beacon is sending a signal. And of course, they're going to go rescue the pilot in these murky waters in uh, the land of the enemy. His job was to, you know, rappel down from a helicopter and swim over to that pilot and say, hey, man, I'm, I'm an American. I'm here to save you and you're going to be fine. And of course, you can imagine sometimes these pilots, he says, were just panicking. They were freaking out. Their jet was just shot out of the sky. They're in the enemy waters um, and they are in shock. And he goes, when they were in shock and they were panicking and freak, freaking out, he goes, our job was to shake him, like give him a really strong shake and go, hey man, I'm an American, I'm here to save you. Like fucking be cool. 
so that I can save you and rescue you. And he goes, if these guys were still freaking out and clawing all over them and trying to like, you know, they're thinking they're going to drown. He goes, we were taught to punch them in the face and swim away because that day we're not going to have two Americans drown. We're only going to have one. And I was like, damn, dude, that is ruthless. He goes, well, that's just, you know, part of our training. And so I'm here to tell you, you got to ditch your loser friends. If your loser friends don't want to level up, if they're not interested in becoming higher level, if they are not interested in evolving, if they're interested in, in the aspirations that you have and the goals and life mission that you have, and you realize that they are low tone, low energy, they're holding you down, they're limiting your growth, and you tried to help them, it is time to ditch them. Simple as that. Thing number two, raise your standards. One of the most damaging things that any human can do is set low standards and then achieve those standards, right? You can't set average or mediocre as a standard because everyone else around you is blue collar and therefore you're going to be blue collar and then go, yay, I became blue collar. Like if you have ambitions of being white collar or you have ambitions of being a baller, you have ambitions of being whatever the fuck you want to be. Go for that and surround yourself with people who are that and raise your standards to really high standards. I would rather you set your sights, not on the moon, but on the stars, because in the process of shooting for the stars, you will hit the moon guaranteed. But in the process of shooting for the moon, you might completely miss it and hit nothing, right? So the most damaging thing you can do in life is to set low standards and then to achieve those low standards. Set yourself some high standards, like raise your expectations. Don't just go, I'm only going to, I'm going to make enough money where I'm set. Wow. Really? That's a really selfish statement. I'm going to make enough money where I'm set. What about if your parents get sick? What about if your kids want to go to college? What about if you want to help your family out with their bills? What about if you want to donate more to your church? What about if your church caught on fire and burnt down and you want to help them rebuild it? You can't. You only made enough money for you to be set, you selfish fuck, right? But if you set higher standards, then guess what happens? Your cupeth overfloweth, as says the Jesus. I don't know if that was Jesus's statement or not, but whatever it is, it sounds very religious and holy, so I'm going to say it. But when your cup overflows because you set high standards and you achieve those high standards, and guess what? You can do more, you can be more, you can help more. And isn't that really the meaning of life to be in service of others? It absolutely is. So moving forward, set higher standards in your fitness, in your ability to orate, to speak, in your ability to, to communicate, in your ability to be decisive, in your ability to be a better husband, an ability to be a better father, better friend, better entrepreneur, better leader enough with setting low standards and hitting those standards and being proud of yourself. Like, fuck, man, let's get to it. Thing number three, stop making excuses. Simple as that. You can make a million excuses why you didn't work out this morning. You can make a million excuses why you missed your wife's birthday. You can miss, you can make a million excuses why you didn't get that raise, why you didn't take that, take that leap of faith. You can make a million excuses, but you know deep down inside and consciousness is eating away at you that it's an excuse. It's not a reason, it's an excuse. Stop making excuses. And when you stop making excuses, the only alternative is then results. I'm not saying that everything you do, you should be successful at. You will have periods of defeat, but that defeat will be temporary and not permanent because you will dust yourself off, get back up and try again. But you first have to stop making excuses in order to achieve the higher level of life that you want. Thing number four, wake up earlier. Now I'm going to get a little woo woo with you guys here, but just bear with me for a moment. 
And not everyone has to wake up early. Let me tell you that. I've got a good friend, Joe Marion. Uh, he and his business partner, Josh Bazzoni, launched a company called Biotrust some 12, 13 years ago. Uh, I know for a fact that Joe liked to work late into the night. At 9 p.m. after his family went to sleep, he would work from like 9 p.m. to like 5 a.m. and then go to sleep, right? Good for him. He's probably an anomaly. I'm not saying that you ought to adopt Joel's lifestyle. But what I am telling you is consider waking up earlier because for most of you, if you wake up earlier, you will get more shit done. And if you get more shit done, you will have a greater sense of productivity. If you feel more productive, you will have built more confidence. When you build more confidence, you are willing to take on more risks. You are willing to do more things. And when you do more things, you achieve greater outcomes. And isn't that what we want in life, right? So then how do we wake up earlier? Very good question. We do that by going to bed an hour or two earlier. Imagine this for a moment, that you go to bed an hour or two earlier. You wake up an hour or two earlier. Now, here's the magical thing. This is why I said, I don't want to get too woo, but I'm going to get there. When you wake up earlier and the rest of the world is sleeping, I believe there's only so much focus, energy, good vibration available any given day. And you've heard the term early bird gets the worm. Well, if you and I got up at 5 a.m. and the rest of the world gets up at 6 or 7 a.m., you and I get to tap into that universal focus and energy and vibration more. And we get to drink out of that more and therefore have more productivity and move closer towards our goals than those people that wake up at 6 and 7 a.m., the masses, the unwashed masses that wake up later and therefore all of them have to tap into the universal energy and therefore there's not enough to go around. So I do believe there's something magical in terms of the quiet time, in terms of the focus, in terms of the energy available by waking up early. Thing number five, make more money. I can't beat this one to death enough. Make more money. And when you make more money, you can do a lot of good with it. If you don't make money and if you don't fix your relationship with money and if you think money is bad and money's not made for you and money is not available for you and your family, you come from a broke family and no one talked about money, hey, I could relate, man. That was me. But I'm either going to use that as an excuse, right? And we talked about that. Number three, stop making excuses. Or I'm going to go, all right, I had a bad relationship with money. We didn't talk about money. We always ran out of money before we ran out of month. However, I'm going to change that narrative. I'm going to rewrite my story and I'm going to learn how money works and I'm going to respect money. I'm going to make more money. I'm not going to let it control me. I'm going to use it to multiply my wealth and to multiply the impact and influence I have on the world. I'm going to be generous with it. I'm going to be good with it. And I'm going to teach my kids how to steward money. I'm going to teach my kids how to grow wealth, have generational wealth so that I can finally break this curse of not understanding money. Like someone has to be the one to break the cycle in your family. Why not you break the financial struggle cycle? And why not you be the example and the role model to everyone else in your family and your extended family as, hey, we can create wealth. We don't just have to be working for 50, 60, $70,000 a year. You can do more, right? Thing number six, Exercise more. I'm here to tell you that most of us need to exercise more. Yes, you have to eat right as well. Be sure to do that, but exercise more. 
not just for vanity reasons of like putting on muscle, get jacked, make money, I get it, right? And we had an episode, I think episode two or three was get jacked and make more money. Um, it's a simple concept, but that concept leads to the highest level of personal development and self-growth. But where I'm saying exercise more, I'm here to tell you that one of the most underused forms of antidepressants is exercise. And one of the most overused forms is food and television. You don't have to always be depressed and anxious and use television and food to try and soothe and shield from your problems. You know, when you're stressed and depressed and anxious, you can go and go on a nice long run. You can go in the gym, start clanging and banging. And as you work out more, you release dopamines and endorphins and you create bilateral stimulation where you get your left side of the brain and the right side of the brain to work together to solve your problems. See, exercising more is more than just building your health and your body. It is literally helping you psychologically get over your anxiety, your depression, your overwhelm. Think about the level of consistency and focus it takes to go to the gym on a consistent basis or to go out there and to run or to go and do calisthenics in your garage, whatever it is, exercise more to a point where you go to sleep tired. I work out twice a day on purpose, once in the morning, once in the evening. The evening one, I work out with my son because it's a time for us to bond and connect and, 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 and two, two, two men doing, doing men shit, right? Huffing and puffing and grunting and slamming weights around. It's fun, man. It's fun, you know? And, but more than that, I get so exhausted from the workout that I go to sleep tired. And my brain is not swirling around the day's stress and overwhelmed. Look, man, I run several big companies. I have a bunch of employees. I have hundreds of franchisees worldwide. I have big responsibilities. Make no mistake about it. If I allow myself, I can go down that rabbit hole of depression and anxiety and overwhelm very easily. However, I also know that exercise is not just good for my body, it is good for my mind and I do it twice a day because I release the happy hormones, the endorphins, the dopamines, and more than that, I get the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain to work together to solve my problems. And even more than that, I go to sleep tired. And when you're tired and you go to sleep, you stay asleep and you get a good night's sleep. Number seven, judge less. Judge less. Man, I got to tell you, as I get older and older and older, I realize live and let live. Like, I don't give a shit what you do in your life, you know? I don't give a shit how you live. I don't give a shit if you're pro-abortion or anti-abortion or, 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 or pro-life, whatever the fuck they call it. I don't care what flag you fly, if it's the gay flag, the, the, the straight flag, the multicolored, trans-bisexual flag. Here's what I do know. Don't judge me. and I'm not going to judge you. Don't project your way of life on me. I'm not going to project my way of life on you. I do have to say that the 1.0 version of me, my 20s, all I did was judge. And I found myself always pointing to others as the problem by judging others, never once pointing back to myself saying that I could have the solution. These days, I just choose not to judge people. Live and let live. But at 48, I have a greater understanding of humanity and I understand that we all see life differently. Yes, we are on the same planet at the same time, but we are experiencing very different human experiences. We really are. Based on your 
experiences as a child based on what your parents and school teachers taught you and based on my experiences as a child and what my parents and teachers taught me based on our religions, based on our cultures, we are in the same place and time experiencing two very different lives. So who am I to judge you? And who are you to judge me or anyone else? Just think about that. Now, I know what you're saying, and this is what people said on Instagram. They're like, Pedros, but you're saying to judge less on number seven, but at number one, you said, dump your loser friends. You know, isn't that being judgmental? No, that's being a realist. Remember what I said? If you worked hard to help your friends change, evolve, have an understanding to grow, to mature, and they are not changing, and therefore they become the limiters in your life because you are the byproduct of the people that you hang out with the most then it is time to ditch your loser friends. If they choose to stay a loser and you don't want to be a loser, you want to be a high performer, it is time to ditch them if you made every effort to help them so you can judge less and still ditch your loser friends and they are not contradicting at all. And finally, number eight, be kind. Be kind, man, we live in a world that is so divisive right now. And I do believe that the opposition has done a great job dividing people to the point where it's black versus white, cop haters versus cop lovers, mask, no mask, vax, no vax. Pandemic was real, pandemic was made up. Like Democrat versus Republican. You're seeing so many ways of divisiveness. And I do believe that that is by design, that the opposition wants us divided because the more divided we are, then we cannot be united against the opposition if we are constantly divided against one another, right? Think about that. So be kind. Be kind to your fellow man. Be kind to, to, to the people that you come across. Shake hands, make eye contact, say hello to people, say hello to strangers. Like what's wrong with that? Just a smile. Because you don't know what that other person is going through. We don't know what another person's human condition is. Someone might have a grimace on their face and they might be of different color, different ethnicity, different whatever. Or if it's my case, God's given me a fucking resting bitch face. I have this angry face that if I don't put myself in check, I have this mug on my face like I'm going to kill you. And if you see me, you might judge me on that and not be kind to me. But if you just maybe smiled, said hello, gave me a nod, you can break me out of that resting bitch face, right? Now I've become very self-aware and I don't carry that face anymore because I just walk around smiling with a, with a half-cocked smile on my face. Like I realize that is the best way to disarm people is to have this half-cocked smile on my face. Not half-cocked meaning like a small cock, Ed. I mean half-cocked like a halfway smile, just for clarity. Because around here, we only carry big cocks in this room. But that said, man, be kind. Crack a joke. Shake hands. Say what's up. For all you know, that person's about to get in their car and go to a place where they may make a bad decision about their next few moments. And you might be the person by saying hello, being kind, shaking a hand, complimenting them on their shoes or their clothes. You might be the person that just saved their life. So that's the, that's the eight things there I wanted to share with you that I believe will change your life for the better. Coming from 48 years on this planet, but living like I lived 100 years because I've done so much fucking crazy shit and had such great opportunities, uh, been in so much trouble and been able to be given a second chance at life. I hope this all helped you out. If it did, leave comments, share this. And guys, you guys are so good to me on YouTube and I appreciate you guys. Even you whack jobs that like, 
talk shit about my tattoos or whatever, good for you, man. Go ahead and talk shit about my tattoos. I love free speech and let's never kill free speech. Uh, but what I do wanna know is uh, if I can ask you guys for something here, can I ask you guys to maybe go to iTunes and to Spotify and help also boost the reviews there? Like, I can't believe how fast we're going on YouTube. Every day we're adding a thousand new subscribers on YouTube. These videos are getting anywhere from 70 to 200,000 views per episode within the first week of coming out. It's because of you guys. I am taken aback. I appreciate you. I fucking love you guys. Even the ones who don't agree with me because I'm not here to like preach to you. I'm just here to tell you like, hey man, as a 48 year old walking this planet as an immigrant who's really seen all different shades of life, here's what I figured out. But that might only be applicable to me and people like me. And so if you're like, no, that's wrong. Cool, man. Leave a comment. But also, go to iTunes. Give me a one-star review. I don't give a fuck. Just give me a review. I'd appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate y'all spending time with me here. Peace out. What's the difference between me and you? Back when Q was rolling with Lorenzo and a Benzo, I was banging with a gang of instrumentals. 